welcome everybody to the Making Awesome podcast. This season three, episode 45, which if my math is correct, is episode 149. I hope that's correct because we have a guest for next week that's supposed to be episode 150. So here's hoping it's 150. Uh, we, 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 we also pushed them to next week because LTX is this week and that means there's going to be less people hanging out. But, but there is some great stuff to talk about today. I am excited. We've talked about this a little bit, but I have a feeling that uh, we haven't gotten this deep into it in a while. And with all the new printers coming out, right, specifically Bamboo and Bamboo clones, um, it, we kind of have to have a new chat on this topic and, and talk about what sets a business and their needs apart from a hobbyist and their needs and where a lot of times those needs overlap like crazy we got some awesome people here hanging out and if you aren't watching us live on youtube we do these episodes pretty much every sunday live on youtube we got some awesome people here hanging out in the chat mad cat usa is here jonas e duff thomas rose kindred um hiremberg and jake the jote goat thank you all for showing up hanging out and of course leave a like and get subscribed if you aren't and if you are looking for it we got fan funding opportunities in that description down below that's patreon paypal and youtube channel memberships should that be something you'd want to do amber and geek toy box are here as well how you all doing but let's dive into talking about the business needs and so what I want to first do is look at needs and wants, okay? Because something that you need in a 3D printer is incredibly different than something that you want, right? You, for a business, need a 3D printer with an all-metal hot end. The reason that you need that is they are traditionally considerably less maintenance. And what do we hate doing? maintenance and why do we hate doing it because it is time you're going to see that throughout this talk there's going to be one major thing that i come back to often it is time because it is the one it's one of the few things in this world you cannot get more of right i mean unless you really try to accelerate toward the speed of light i mean technically time will dilate at that point but does that give you more time or does that just extend the time that you have? I don't know. And I, it's, it's beyond the scope of this talk. But time is really one of those big things that I say I would rather spend double, right? We've had a lot of comments in recent videos. And Grant, I wonder what videos you've done recently that have gotten a lot of comments where people are kind of angry. It's the bamboo videos. Uh, where they're saying, you know, you're just a Prusa shill. Um, you know, Prusa is behind. Prusa is too expensive. Why would you care about a warranty if you're not going to use it? You know, what's the point? And my argument is kind of, well, if one car dealer is offering you a lifetime powertrain warranty and the other one is only offering you a five-year powertrain warranty, which one are you going to choose? Even if the lifetime is a couple thousand dollars more, you might choose that lifetime warranty because in the off chance that you need it, 
it will pay for itself like that. Okay. Go try to find a transmission for a car that's five years old, uh, you know, and not have it cost five to $10,000 to buy, install, uh, sync up and all that kind of stuff. Assuming it's a automatic. Yeah, there is, um, there's a lot here and we've got a problem, right? The problem that we have is there are fundamental misunderstandings in this industry, especially when it comes to content creators, right? People think that I'm paid by Prusa. I would love to be paid by Prusa. Hell, I'd love to be paid by any 3D printing manufacturer at this point, but I'm not. And what we say and why we say it and how we say it is all based on data-driven research. Because at the end of the day, that's all that I can rely on. I can only rely on data-driven research that is directly connected to my experiences, right? And while I will say the X1 Carbon, when that thing works, is honestly insane to me. I have never seen a printer run that fast. And we did change out the build plate. We're running now a uh, Fabrico Honey Badger plate. Love that plate. That plate is beautiful. And it's like this beautiful, like, semi-matte black. Oh, it's a beautiful color. Highly recommended. We will be doing a uh, kind of upgrade series to a bamboo relatively soon. It's going to be filled with me being pissed a lot. But, you know, hey, that's how these things go. But as a business, right... My necessity for data security is way higher than a consumer's. Now, I think that that's wrong because consumers, for some reason, just accept the fact that their data isn't, you know, secure. But it is something that worries me because I don't necessarily have an answer to, oh, well, why don't you just, you know, return it? Well, I don't want to return it. I bought the machine. I want to use it. Um, but like the amount of time that I've spent on that bamboo, I should have thrown it away months ago the only reason that i've kept it is because i have a youtube channel and that's what people expect content creators to have they expect them to have bamboos and they expect them to make content around it so it's odd in my situation because there's kind of this two-factor approach that i have to look at which is keeping my business afloat and keeping the youtube channel afloat and where those two can cross paths um the decision to buy the bamboo was both channel and business focused um, with the big picture problem being customer support. To me, I need good customer support. I need accessible customer support. Unless, specifically unless, the machine is cheap enough that it doesn't matter. So like, a lot of people know Prusa makes a resin printer, the SL1S Speed. I don't own one. I've worked on one. There's a couple of them locally that, that we assist with and, and work on, but I don't own them because we decided early on that buying Elegoo Mars and Elegoo Saturns were a considerable better value to us as a business. The reason is that they're so cheap. When, when I found the, finally found the printer with the broken screen, I didn't know which one it was. Found it. I'm just going to get rid of the printer. It doesn't serve a value for me to keep it and try to fix it. I'm going to donate it with the parts required to fix it. So I'm actually going to buy the parts and then donate it to a local makerspace where they can learn how to do this. And it's going to take like two or three hours of time. 
Now I considered as a content creator, maybe I want to make a video on that, but my Elegoo Mars printers are actually the OG Mars with the RGB LCD screen. So I don't think it's as valuable as some of the newer mono style screens. But for me, I said, I don't, I don't care how good Prusa's customer support is. I can get seven cheap printers for the price of one, right? And while the SL1S speed is faster, it is not faster if I split it up between seven different printers, right? Now, I guess with resin printers, of course, you've got an issue regarding, um, you know, time because it's only based on your Z height. But I think that this kind of tracks, right? There becomes a certain point where you're willing to put up with a more affordable product because you don't want to deal with the BS of having just one we've talked about that throughput capability and we made the decision to get the elegu mars printers for the sole purpose that i don't just want to change tanks all the time that takes time effort energy and money we know that resin is toxic this is a thing and i know that there are going to be people that, are, that argue that it's not technically toxic i don't care i'm going to call it toxic because for the like babies are relatively sturdy objects and theoretically they can handle a small fall but that doesn't mean you should go throwing children around same kind of deal okay the resin is not technically toxic but if you drink enough of it it will kill you so don't do it resin is toxic work with me lab coats coming soon yes we are making lab coats with resin is toxic on it and i am very happy to see this become a thing but we decided that we would rather have disposable printers because ultimately disposable is easier. Now, I hate that because it means that I'm running my business with a lot of what is effectively e-waste. But we've set up a relationship with a local makerspace that is going to take all of these dead printers and either salvage components out of them for use in other machines or just go ahead and fix it with the supplied parts that we're going to provide. So I made that decision of I don't need the crazy warranty support because for the cost of one, I don't know, for the cost of one C63 AMG, I can get like... 10 Honda Civics and 10 Honda Civics have more value to me than one C63 AMG, right? That is really what I'm trying to get at here is that sometimes having multiple machines has a better value to it. Now, the bamboo has this interesting thing here, which is the AMS, which allows that one printer to have up to four materials loaded at one time. Some of those materials work better than others um you know i i I've, I've had to give up on my printed solid material on that bamboo at least the older spools the newer spools work just fine but even with my spool rings sometimes the ams doesn't like it and i just had a bamboo print that should have taken like six hours take almost 30 and it's like dude this is it's not worth it it's not worth for, to end up with little lines in your prints because the machine just can't pull the filament for some reason. And I've even bypassed the AMS, put in one of those Y connectors, and uh, no, nope, still has the problem. So I, I'm like, I, I, I can't. I love printed solid filament, and I've got very large boxes of it. 
Um, but I'm going to have to basically say I either need to look at respooling, which is an, it is an option, or I need to look at uh, making sure that I get the new spools because, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, to say the least. Anyways, uh, I just got four kilos of Elegoo PLA to do a job. Amazon driver left it at my mailbox, which is like a hundred yards from my house. <laughs> it's really weird. Never seen that one happen. Uh, but Elegoo was cheap, and I could get it overnight, so I went for it. And I and I assume it's reasonably decent PLA. In fact, I think it's Polymaker. Anyways, the cost of the machine is not always a big factor for me as a business. For a hobbyist, you look at it and say, geez, man, like, 1600 bucks for an X1 Carbon? That's a lot of money. When you could get a Voron for somewhat similar money, right? Now, the big difference is the bamboo comes out of a box, goes on a table, and starts printing, theoretically. And the Voron requires like a 30-hour build to put it together, plus the parts that if you have a printer, you can build. But if not, you have to do uh, that Voron program that they have. So something to look out for there. And it's why I don't generally recommend kit printers for businesses, even though I buy kit printers all the time. Like all of our Prusas are kits. I love building the kit. It's cathartic for me. It's like a little bit of therapy for me. I enjoy it. So I am okay with spending that amount of time. If we were under a time crunch, I'll just buy them pre-assembled and not deal with it. But we like to make some certain quality of life upgrades to the Prusas that don't necessarily make the printers print better, but it makes them easier. Things like the uh, Y-axis belt tensioner that is an Allen key that is right below the screen. Uh, so you just stick an Allen key in there and you can turn it and that will tension the Y-axis belt. The uh, mod to not have to flip the printer on its side to pull the Z-axis out. You just unscrew it and it just kind of slides out. The entire Z-axis can slide out. Stuff like that where it doesn't change the way the printer functions, but it makes assembling and servicing considerably easier. Because again, you only have 24-ish hours in a day and you need to make sure that you utilize every ounce of that time as effectively as possible. Because if you're spending time turning a printer on its side, pulling out the Z-axis, each of them at once, you can't pull them out together because the Y, uh, the X-axis is attached to it. With the mod that we do, you could just pull the entire Z with the X attached to it right off of the printer. It's great. But it's not something that you would initially think about until you have to do this maintenance and you're like, geez, this sucks. Because, yeah, servicing printers kind of sucks. Um, and I don't care what printer it is. And there are companies out there like Slant 3D. They're probably one of the larger service bureaus that do FDM out there. Um, they make their own printers. In fact, they use kit. Well, they, they build their own kits. Then they build the printers. And they have a really effective system. Slant plays the uh, volume game. It's why they did this whole thing of making their own filament. They're playing a volume game where what they want to do is get enough pieces out as fast as humanly possible. We lost a contract to them a while back. Um, we were looking at like $800 per part for the pieces. They did it for like 70 bucks. And I looked at like it was, from my perspective, about a half a kilo of filament, about 10 bucks worth of filament and about three hours of man time. 
So they're billing man time at $20 an hour, and they're somehow making a profit at 70 bucks. I said, I, I can't make a profit at that number. And this client wanted like 400 of these items. So it's like, I need a big margin here because I'm going to have to hire help for a couple of days to do this project. So, you know, something to know about. Oh, they apparently use Flying Bear 902s. I thought they made their own kits. Uh, Vishal. Vishal is the owner of Sliceworks 3D, and they have some of the coolest colors of uh, uh, PLA. They make some really, really awesome colors. And if you happen to be the uh, collector of the uh, battery-operated tools that exist, you know, Sliceworks might have the right colors that you're looking for. Um, and they're apparently scented like vanilla bean. So when you're printing, it smells like vanilla. I think that's kind of cool. Um, anyways, uh, not a sponsor, but maybe should be. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a... Uh... It's an interesting scenario from a business perspective, and I think Big Jano puts it correctly. Preventative maintenance today, so no mandatory maintenance tomorrow. Thank you, Geek Toy Box, for the link. Um, yeah, it's uh, that is completely true, right? And at a certain price point, these printers become commodity items where you don't need to fix it. You replace it, right? It's a, it's a weird one. Looking at a want, right? I want auto bed leveling. Do I need it? No, I don't. I can use the Filament Friday leveler kit. I can do all that. But it is such on the edge for me between want and need. The reason why I say I want it and don't need it is a lot of industrial printers don't auto bed level because they know they're flat. They know they're tram. They know they're perfect, right? And a lot of what we talk about is just surrounding the consumer-grade 3D printing industry. But there is a whole world of stuff beyond that. In fact, there's always been a printer above me that rides in that world. This one right here, the Fusion 3 F410. Um, that thing rides in the like prosumer light industrial market. To give you an idea, that printer paid for itself in less than three days. I bought it, I unboxed it, it's 90 pounds, you need another person to do it. I put it up on the shelf, I loaded the files that I needed to print, I clicked print, and it paid for itself within three days. It is a $5,000 3D printer. That is a lot of money. It is made in America. It is certified for ITAR and all that kind of stuff, which is not that big of a deal for most people, but was a selling point for me, and I think I'm still technically a reseller for them, so there should be some disclosure there as well. Uh, there are no links in the description for Fusion 3. I'd like to work with them on this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, the people watching our channel are not their customers. They look at education. And that's kind of where Prusa, to me, is looking at moving. 
People say, oh, the Mark III is so far behind. The Mark IV is a hodgepodge together of things that don't matter. While I do agree that the Mark IV probably came out a little earlier than it should, and I would have really preferred to see input shaping exist prior to the Mark IV being released. It's one of the big reasons we don't have one right now. Um, I believe the next router is part of a really interesting set of technology that Prusa is putting into their machines. And that next router and its ability to detect jams, well, it's got enough sensors in it to detect a lot more than they're doing. It's got load sensors and temperature sensors all over the damn thing. And I, I, I know it's not a thing now, but there is no way it can't be a thing to where it can't start detecting heat creep because it's got a thermistor in the heat break. So it knows how hot the heat break is and it can literally theoretically pause itself and cool down to then go back and start printing again so that you don't hit some sort of issue. Because those of you that have a Bamboo X1 Carbon, or I guess now the P1S, that try to print PLA with the doors shut, you'll know you can't print very long with PLA before it starts to get too hot and eventually clogs up the extruder, right? That to me is something that having that technology inside of a hot end for it to be able to detect that have an extruder that can detect crazy things that other companies can't has a lot of value to me and while yeah you do pay the prusha tax as a business having that peace of mind is worth it to me and you could absolutely play the tommy boy reference here right are you selling them a box full of shit with a warranty slapped on it saying a warranty or are you going to sell them a good product? I think that Prusa has the warranty and has the product. Um, you know, and the 24-7 customer support is like crazy valuable. I recognize that for some it's not, but great example, we had a client that wanted to buy an enclosure, but they need to run it through me. They're a government contracting uh, company and they cannot buy from Prusa directly because Prusa is not based in the United States. They can buy through me because I am, and I can just sell them the machines at cost. Well, they wanted an enclosure, but they needed to know the size of it because they have very specific requirements for the size of things that can be shipped in and out of their facility. I went to Prusa support, and within 20 minutes, I had not only the dimensions, but photos to prove it. I'm sorry. There are no other companies out there that will that is going to do that, that sell printers in that way. Something to note. For me, I want direct drive. I don't need it, but I want it. Now, you might think that I need it because basically every one of my printers has it, and the ones that don't have it are kind of a problem for me. And while that is accurate, we recognize that the bigger your printers get, the more unlikely it is that they are direct drive. Because, well, if you want to run fast, you can't always run big. I know that Voron tends to question that and challenge that. And while there are beautifully lightweight extruders like the Sherpa and some others out there, those are not always the easiest. It's why I buy from E3D rather than the, uh, you know... Oh, what's the word I've always used for them? The geometric company out of China. Right. Which we will not mention their name in chat. And mods, I will give you the ability to remove anyone that uses their name in the chat. 
because I don't want to send more people to the clone of E3D. I buy from E3D because one, I want to support the small company, but two, I know the quality that I'm getting and I know the customer service that I'm getting. That is a value to me as a business. And while, yeah, it is like 15 times the price of getting it out of China, I have a guarantee of quality. And in the event there is a problem, I quickly clack and write an email and new parts are at my door in the next couple of days. Tom, you don't know who I'm talking about? Seriously? Huh. Figured you would. Okay. Well, good. If you don't know who I'm talking about, that ain't no problem now, is it? But what is a problem So we only got 18 likes on this video. Y'all should like the video. Y'all should like that video. For a business, I want reliability. Reliability is the most important thing. I don't care if the printer is slow. In fact, like that Fusion 3 is one of the slowest printers in our shop. But there is no other printer in our shop that can make parts that big. That part is... The Fusion 3 is 355 by 355 by 315. And I often use every millimeter of that 355. It's the only printer in our shop that can handle it that is working right now. I'm looking at you, Big D-Bot. You, you, you need to get repaired. I need to, I need to fix that printer. Um, we built it years ago. It's sat in disarray for the last few years uh, because it was never really built all that well, and I need to look at building it better. And that's like I was trying to work with Carvera, uh, but they don't return my emails. So, meh. If you guys do know any, like, hobby-grade CNC manufacturers out there, uh, or, you know, prosumer-grade, like, Avid would be the top end of what I'd be looking for. Um, we are looking to do some collaboration with a CNC manufacturing company, uh, because I want... D-Bots traditionally have a lot of printed parts. Uh, when your D-Bot has one-meter-tall Z-Rails, uh, you can't use printed parts on it. It starts to shake really bad. Ask me how I know. I would like to do a full rebuild of that printer, but do everything out of milled aluminum um, or aluminum. So if there are companies out there and you guys do have some sort of contact with them, please email me directly, youtube at 3dmusketeers.com, uh, because I would like to have a conversation with that. And uh, I think it'd be pretty cool for reference. Moving forward to manufacturers, right? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Uh, what is that? Tiburum? Tiburum. I, I think that's how I say it. Says Haas Automation Collab Incorporated, LMAO. I am actually a Haas certified operator. So I'd be totally fine with that. I just don't have three phase. I used to run a VF2 super speed. So, uh, I miss that machine. That was a fun machine to run. Man, I miss it. Because it, it had the nice ATC on it. And this is when I worked for a nonprofit. Uh, all I would need to do is bring investor, or like, you know, bring potential donors in, have it do the tool change, and they were in. They were in. Everyone loves that, that quick little fast uh, tool change thing. Um, why'd you delete Nomad 3? I don't know what Nomad 3 is. Oh, okay. It was an accident. Uh, I can't bring that back. But uh, Hiramberg said Nomad 3, and 
Geek Toy Box accidentally deleted the comment. So, sorry, Hirenberg, that was not intended. Uh, I just need to make sure they're not for some reason. Okay, they're not in timeout. All right, we're good. Happens. Happens, happens, happens. All right. So we have the major manufacturers here in the consumer grade side, right? Bamboo is probably the new hot dog on town uh, with, you know, coming out of the gate swinging, right? They're a featherweight that has going after the heavyweights. And I have a lot, a lot of respect for that. There's a lot of respect here for them coming out of the gate and just flopping their you-know-what on the table saying, come at me, bro, where they've obtained nationwide distribution through Micro Center, and they have a big reseller in the name of Matter Hackers. Matter Hackers does charge you a little bit of a premium for a bamboo, but I would argue that they are worth that premium for business because you get Matter Hackers customer support, which is often pretty decent um so something to be aware of there uh but as a business i would question whether or not a bamboo is the right decision you've got creality of course they've got like i don't know 80 something different ender threes the cr10 but the one that people are really looking at right now is the um excuse me the uh, k1 and k1 max right they built a bamboo clone. They did what Creality does, and, like, the bamboo fanboys are pissed. They're like, oh, wait, Creality, come out with a clone. Because that's what they do. If you didn't realize that's how Creality built their business, they clone everybody. I recognize that might be hard for you to understand as someone that's new to the industry, but that is exactly how Creality has started and maintained their business. It is just by cloning other companies and doing it for less money. Because, you know, that's that's how business works sometimes. I don't like it, but it's how it works sometimes. You've got Elegoo. Elegoo makes the Neptune series for FDM printers. They make, in my opinion, some of the best resin printers on the market with the Mars, the Saturn, the Jupiter. Um, don't want to know what the Uranus is going to be, but, you know, that's it is what it is. Um, we've got Frozen, of course, on the resin printer side. Uh, you know, any cubic has printers but a lot of these printers that are coming out of the chinese manufacturers and i'm going to ignore resin at the moment but a lot of the printers that are coming out of these chinese manufacturers are very much clones of each other right sovol to me was the first one that kind of did the clone right they cloned a mark 3s uh in the sv06 and i still believe for the money I would really look at considering the SV06 because it ticks the box of it is cheap enough that I don't care anymore. And the SV06 Plus for 100 bucks or less more, giving you the 300 by 300 by 340 is a killer value from a business perspective of having larger printers. You might say, like the guy that stopped me in Sam's yesterday saying, you're that 3D Musketeers guy from YouTube. I'm like, I, I am. Hi. Um, he's got a CR10S5, which is a 500 by 500 by 500 bed slinger. I hate those printers because they don't have enough support 
And he very quickly realized that, yeah, he could build the parts he wanted in one piece, but you're looking at like a six to eight day print time. And in the event that something goes wrong, we live in Florida. The power here is a little unstable, not as unstable as Texas, but thunderstorms, hurricanes, that kind of thing can be a problem. It isn't worth it, seems, and that kind of thing. It, there is bigger value in that. To a business, I would rather have smaller machines that work faster than big machines that work slower. But the SV06 is all about having everything that I needed. It's got linear rails. I do not like V-wheels. I don't like the V-wheels. And while they're much quieter than LM8 you use or LM10 you use, those are the, the linear barracks, um, they wear a lot faster, and there really is no maintenance that you can do to keep them from wearing. All you can do is just keep them tight. And from a business perspective, I don't want to do that. Right? I don't want to always have to check. And that's the thing I hate about the Fusion 3 is that it does have a V-wheel style uh, system. And it also doesn't use belts uh, on the XY. It uses Spectra fishing line, of all things. And it actually works fine. It's just weird to see it. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it is a complicated situation because Sovol has this thing out so cheap. And I love my my two Sobels. Like they're they're just amazing. And as a business, had those existed, and had I had some experience in the industry, my experience is key here. If you don't have experience in the industry, I think the Prusa is a better value. If you have experience and understand what problems to look for, the Sovel is a really compelling option especially when you add like a raspberry pi 3b plus to it which you can get used on reddit for roughly retail price it's what i bought a bunch of a bunch of them for the other day and uh then you can put clipper on it and run it real fast um jonas e says excuse me you spent five thousand dollars on a v-wheeled printer moved by fishing line what are the selling points on that thing um well it's not the v-wheels that you think they are uh, metal wheels with uh, shells on the outside that are made of Delrin, specifically Delrin. They are replaceable. They give you spares. Um, the machine is relatively easy to service. The Spectra is because it doesn't stretch. Um, belts stretch, and you have to look at fixing them over time. Spectra doesn't do that. Um, I bought that machine because it is fully enclosed. It is made in America, and we needed, with the job that we use it for often, requires made in America, because government. Uh, and this specific client it was willing to pay a premium to guarantee their stuff was made in America. Uh, even further, everything is enclosed about it, and the printer has no traditional frame. It uses the shell of the printer that is a quarter-inch thick aluminum or aluminum, uh, as its frame. So the entire printer is like 90-something pounds. It's crazy heavy. Uh, but, yeah, that's why I bought it. And I could pay it off in less than three days, and I needed its build volume. So 
it ticked every box that we needed. There was nothing else out there for under $150,000 that ticked those boxes as well. And remember, right, beyond, there are bigger FDM companies out there, right? Stratasys makes FDM 3D printers. In fact, they're the ones that own the trademark to FDM. And in fact, we should be using FFF, but we don't uh, because, yeah, you know, it it is what it is. Um, they've got the F370, which is very much a clone of the Fusion 3 F410, and it is $40,000. But companies buy it because they get something that you don't get with the smaller companies, and it is called an SLA, or a Service Level Agreement. The SLA guarantees uptime, and it is expensive. The SLA on a uh, F370 is about $7,000 a year. Okay, that's a lot of money, but you get guaranteed response times, guaranteed uptime, and if they can't fix the printer in X amount of time, they just flat out replace it. Somebody comes to you. You don't lift a finger. It just works. And while you are locked in to an ecosystem that is fully DRM controlled, that system is equaling reliability to businesses. Now, I don't own, I don't technically own any Stratasys machines. I own an object which was bought by Stratasys, but um, I don't technically own any Stratasys 3D printers because I'm not willing to pay the Stratasys tax. I have the knowledge that tells me I would rather spend 40 grand on a wall full of 3D printers that even if they go bad, a Prusa at $1,000 is now disposable if you were looking at spending 40 grand previously. It is all about the mindset that you put yourself into as a business for how you operate said business. It's weird. I know. Where you can look at saying $1,000 is disposable. Yes, it's disposable. Because if you can't pay back a $1,000 printer in less than 24 hours as a business, you don't have the need to buy that $1,000 printer. At least, that's what I would argue. We look at, like, 3D systems. Um, <laughs> we're not going to get into the 3D systems, Stratasys Standard Dimension talk. I want to do a video on that, but I need, I, I, I need the cards to fall right now because right now it just feels like a measuring contest but we will do another video and update on that story because that story is kind of crazy and i kind of love it um it's yeah their machines like a cheap printer from 3d systems is like 10 grand and it's a resin printer and it can only print like rings and stuff it's really 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 tiny um, Vast CNC says, couldn't the same equation be used for Ender 5s at the same price, or 5 Enders at the same price of one Prusa? It could. But, you missed time. Enders are not reliable. They miss a lot of things that, to me, are pretty much a requirement, right? You gotta have an all-metal hot end. I'm sorry, it is a necessity for 3D printing on a business scale. You need all-metal hot ends. If you don't have all-metal hot ends, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. 
It is so often that we see failures on Printfix Friday, which I'm fairly certain this week is 99 and next week is 100. So send me your memes because we're going to do a whole meme ep episode. 100 is going to be a meme episode. Um, but there's so much effort that you need to do to put an ender into the quality of a printer where it can be reliable. And that timetable, if you pay yourself a reasonable salary or value your time at a reasonable rate, is not even going to come close. As Jonas E says, but you gotta throw away four of the five enders when unboxing. Yeah, and look, there are people that have ender farms that love them. And it's because they started with it, they built a system where they know exactly what upgrades to do, they've validated everything, and if your machines are all the same, I can get it. But man, it's not the same. Enders are not built for production. And I would argue that Prusas really aren't either. They're right on the cusp of built for production. They're missing a couple of things for me that, that show production. One of them being from the factory enclosures. Uh, another one being um, from the factory hardened nozzles or diamond nozzles or ruby nozzles, something like that from the factory, right? Because I don't want to touch it. I want it to come out of the box, go on the table, and run. And you might say, well, Grant, everything that you've just talked about, the bamboo comes with. It does come with direct drive, all metal, hardened, auto leveling, even has LiDAR. Comes with multiple build plates that do work. It is reasonably affordable. Why would I not buy bamboos? It is their one problem that I have, or two big problems I have with bamboo. The customer service is terrible. Uh, but two is the data collection. And while you can just leave the printer offline and it can't send any data, you can't update it. And <laughs> to the credit of bamboo, uh, my Prusas are running like 3.8 for their firmware. Uh, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> I don't need to update the Prusas. The new updates don't necessarily do a lot for me. And all of my and I have nine of them. They're such it's such a pain in the ass to update nine printers. And while, yes, doing it from a cloud server would be crazy useful, which Bamboo allows. It needs to be a secured cloud server, which Bamboo doesn't do. I would love to see something like Prusa Connect or Prusa Link, where I could send the firmware locally on my network to all the printers, and they just do it. That would be cool. Gus the Cat says, half the fun of an ender is fixing and modding them, but I'd never try to run a farm of them. Gus, I would argue, and challenge even, to time yourself how long it takes to upgrade and fix the enders. While I understand it's fun, let's say you pay yourself 20 bucks an hour. How quickly do you end up ruining and doubling the price of the machine? Simply because you like upgrading. It's thing. Oh, Oxford has a plugin that allows flashing, John Olson says. 
That's cool. And yeah, that is an expense, right? It's an extra hundred bucks or so for a pie. If you, unless you can find them for cheap. And I guess you could use pie zeros. They're pretty cheap. That would be fine. Um, they don't really run Octoprint all that well. But you know, there's value. When we look further, it does come up to what works best for you. Because what works for me may not work for you. What works for Geek Toy Box and John Olson may not work for me. What works for Gus the Cat may not work for me. But I think a lot of people, when they first start a business, don't think as a business. They think more as individuals. I want to talk about this for a minute. I had a meeting last night. A gentleman who works a pretty hard job. And does not want to meet with me during the week. So I told him, said, hey, I got a lot of stuff to do yesterday. It was on Saturday. But text me around this time and I will let you know when I'm available. He did exactly what I asked him to do. So I met with him at 945 at night. This gentleman had a really cool idea. But his idea did not solve a problem that as far as the business was concerned, existed. He, he was solving a problem that morally would be solved, but it would cost more money, take more time, and ultimately not solve any existing problem that a business has, or at least that he is aware of. And it, it sucks because I like just kind of punch the wind out of his sail, but part of that is my job as a product development guy is to say, hey, we should really look at the marketing and positioning of your product. We found very quickly that his product is cool, solves a problem, but not a problem that is worth money at the moment. And I told him, you need to look at doing some sort of market research for it. This was a gentleman that was thinking as an installer, someone that does the labor and the work, not as someone that pays the bills. That's the big deal. And that's okay. A lot of people don't think that way. Don't feel bad if you don't. But when I got him thinking that way, he's like, oh, crap. Yeah, I uh, I see the problem. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. But it's life. And if a business wants to spend money on something and it doesn't immediately make my life easier or reduce man time or reduce costs, then why would I do it? You're selling hopes and dreams, and I need you to sell me that I'm going to make more money. And while there will be businesses out there that buy it for the morals, you're going to find those are few and far between, especially in the industry that he was playing in, because that industry is one that is incredibly price competitive. It is wrought with competition, and everybody competes on price. Because at the end of the day, we as consumers care way too much about price and care a lot less about the company itself. It's why people will look past the shady things that Bamboo does with your data because they get a product that fits their needs. It's why people will put shady ass smart devices in their houses and don't disable the microphones when they're not using them. These machines are listening to you. 
And as a business, not acceptable. As a consumer, you might find that to be okay. But as a business, that's not acceptable. Because I have certain levels that the average person doesn't. And maybe the average person, well, should. Homie HB, that's me, says, so if you can't live up to grandpa's life, at least save puppies like he did. F money, got a new one today. I have no idea what you're saying, but, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, I've learned to read this year. Next year, I'll learn to comprehend what I read. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a problem, right? Crypto Sheep says, why is data collection such a large issue for you? Do you print data-sensitive prototypes? Yes, I do. Actually, that is the core of our business, is data-sensitive stuff. We do a lot of sensitive data stuff. So that's ITAR, CMMC, as well as just regular old NDAs. Go talk to any inventor out there, and I would bet dollars to donuts they're going to mention at some point in that first talk with you that they want you to sign a non-disclosure. That non-disclosure is technically legally binding, but most inventors don't generally have the cash to actually, you know, sue around them because lawyers are expensive, so they're not normally worth the value of the paper they're printed on, but that doesn't remove that I now have a legally binding duty to maintain you know, the security and safety of the work that we do. So yes, we operate heavily in data sensitive and data secure areas. And while not all of it is ITAR, in fact, not much of it is ITAR, a lot of the pieces that we make are NDA covered, heavily NDA covered, like with serious fines. And ITAR, crap, violating ITAR can go as far as being convicted of high crimes against the United States and put to death for treason. And I'm sorry, I'm not risking going to prison and getting tried and convicted of treason for a $1,400 or $1,500 3D printer. Straight up. It ain't effing worth it. Homie says, you get someone like me if you don't let them out the cardboard box in the corner. Well, you know, that that is kind of is what it is. Jake says, also, network security should be important to everybody, even people that aren't prototyping. Crypto Sheep, you pasted the same comment again. Um, Steve Uckerman says, I beg to differ. NDAs are absolutely legally binding and enforceable. Been there, done that, I turn otherwise. They are. They are. Often, though, small individuals cannot afford an attorney to enforce it, right? Because the enforcing part of it is you often need to go to court. Now, that doesn't mean we just give away client data. The guy that I met with last night did not sign a non-disclosure. And in fact, I could tell you exactly what he wants to do. I don't because that's not the business we run, right? We run a business where we take people. We assume that everybody has an NDA just straight up. All right, Crypto Sheep, uh, you're getting put in timeout because you are literally just copying and pasting the same thing. So you're going to timeout. I look, so I'm on the, to be clear, I'm on the board of Tampa Bay Inventors Council. So that is a inventor 
association where we assist inventors in getting the right education that they need to get from art to part. We have brought in multiple attorneys and they all kind of say the same thing. Stop messing with NDAs. Nobody cares about your idea. The only time you really need an NDA is when you're talking to a big company, but then you realize that they're just going to dry you up in court. Whether you're in the legal right or not, they're going to dry you up in court. Because at the end of the day, the amount of money they're going to spend on you and all of that is a rounding error for them. So, yeah. They are legally enforceable, and they should be. But unfortunately, a lot of people look at NDAs as like a catch-all, which is an issue. So Vishal says, do you have an ideal workflow for a farm setup with wireless control and monitoring? No. Uh, in fact, I don't believe that an ideal farm has wireless control and monitoring. Um there, there's just no easy way to do it. Monitoring, you could put like a bunch of webcams then run them back to a central computer that has a big screen like a CCTV thing. Uh, wireless, I would probably look at doing wired connections um, and using a separate VLAN for that because at least then you're not leaving open holes in a network. IoT devices are often really prevent or present holes in a wireless network. And if you're running a wired network where it is not connected to any other wireless network, so it doesn't have actual internet connection, it, it, it's in its own bubble, right? It, it's a VLAN in its own bubble. If there is no wireless, you must be physically there to access it, right? So you are... It's not technically air gapping, but as close to air gapping as you can get where there is, it is the only way that someone can access that network is by behaving badly. So, yeah. And while yes, Spurlock says all networks can be, can be sniffed, unrouted VLAN or behind a firewall. They can. There is the, the closest thing to network security is air gapped everything and firearms on all people. Because at that point, the only thing you have to deal with is physical penetration, right? Dealing with somebody coming into your facility. And again, I'm not an expert penetration tester. I'm not a penetration tester at all, in fact. Um, but I, 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 yeah, yeah. Like Joel says, run cables. You're not going to like it, but run ethernet cables. And if your printers don't have ethernet, question that. I look at, so I don't care about internet. Like Gus, the cast pen testing is a great YouTube rabbit hole to go down. If you like that kind of stuff, dark Knight diaries, is a phenomenal podcast, highly recommended. I've actually been talking with Jack. Uh, we are working to try to find somebody that can help me crack the bamboo encryption. And Jack is awesome. And actually responds to Twitter DMs. So thanks dude. Um, what? I, I don't... I have no clue what that is, but I'm removing that comment. Uh, Jake says, I am not a penetration tester. That's what she said. Yeah, well, look, I didn't make the name the industry did. So in terms of what I am looking for, 
I don't need a service level agreement because like Tavares says, I am the warranty. And while I likely will try to fix problems myself before I go and bother Prusa support, it's because I maintain a pretty substantial set of spare parts, right? I actually just found, I have uh, six full sets of rails for Prusa's. So that's something. I dig that. I dig that. I didn't, I thought I only had like two, but I apparently have six. Uh, so we are going to be doing, um, which printer, which is the one that, I forget, I think it's the yellow one that has the bad rails, but anyways. Um, Vishal says, for someone starting a small business with limited budget, what setup would you recommend? What workflow for slicing and finished part inventory? So we're talking sub $10,000 for a printer farm. One, Vishal, that is not advice you give for free. Um, I will give it here, but this advice is subject to change. All right, Vishal, you sell a 3D printer. So it is within your best interest to recommend that, right? But that might not be the best option. Um, for me right now, if I had 10 grand to build out of a 3D printer farm with my knowledge currently, I am putting SV06 pluses in there. That's what I'm doing. Sorry, Prusha. Love you guys. But the SV06 plus is a phenomenal value for the money. I am not doing any network connectivity. I am not going to run Clipper, at least to start. In terms of slicing, it's always going to be Prusha Slicer for me. I I don't mind Orca Slicer, but I the UI is just different enough from Prusa Slicer that I just prefer Prusa Slicer. And if you're not running Clipper, you can run stock Prusa Slicer. If you are running Clipper, you little changes inside of Prusa Slicer, and it's fine. You can run Clipper. Um, I would run... Prusa Slicer, it is updated the most often. It is what all those other slicers are based on. So to me, I want the dog that is doing it rather than, you know, the puppy, right? I I want the thing that's reliable. Um, oh, Pez Liz is here saying she loves her Silva. I love my Silvas too. They're great. They, they are way better than they should be. Way better than they should be. Um, for 10 grand, I'd look at probably buying around $5,000 of the Sovels. And in fact, you should be contacting Sovel at that point to get a volume discount on the machines. They would probably work with you on that because you're, that's like what? 15 printers somewhere on that. Um, Vishal says the SV06 does not give material versatility. It does. It's an all metal hot end. You can run whatever you want on it. And in fact, if you put a diamond nozzle, you can run whatever the hell you want. Um, it gives you all, actually all, of the material versatility that you'd want. Um, I don't like some of the components they use them with. And in fact, part of our upgrade series coming up on the SV06 and the SV06 Plus, I would, like, I'm going to be replacing the SV06 Plus's heat block, heater, and thermistor with E3D variants because that is important to me to have that same ecosystem that we're under rather than the weird half-length thermistors that they use. And as Cattle Farm Boy 05 is saying, do you recommend keeping the same brand of printers when starting out? Yes, I recommend the same brand of printers, the same brand of filament, everything the same. Everything the same. 
That's what matters. Y because all of our resin printers are the same. When I found the one with the dead screen, I just took the build plate and vat from that one, went to another one of our resin printers, took off its build plate and vat, moved it over to the broken printer, put the good stuff onto a good printer, and did the same print. Worked fine. Didn't need to do a damn thing. Love it. There is value about that. Um, Crypto Sheep says, how do you go about advertising your services? I take it you don't do radio ads. Uh, word of mouth. Word of mouth is what we use. Um, but if you're going to be spending 10K on a print farm, uh, you already have money and contracts that exist. Because if you're looking to spend that kind of money without having any more information, uh, sorry to tell you, but you're making a really stupid decision. Hope that helps. Spurlock says, with respect to network infrastructure, just like anything else, you set up like a business. A home network isn't business or enterprise network. Agreed. Agreed. Mac says, the only issue I've had with my SV06 was the magnetic PEI sheet did not stay in place in printing ASA. 90C on the bed, and the magnet they use loses its grip. I have not tried that. I've got other printers for printing high-temp materials. Um, you know, I, I, I expect for a starter business, they would likely be looking at more of the... Um, like PLA, PETG, the non-styrene-based plastics, but if they are looking for styrene-based plastics, the question is, like, what are, what is your use case? What are you using it for? What are you going to be printing? All of that clue. Um, Vishal says you have no idea people want to print D&D and Dragons for Etsy with a 10K budget. D&D figures, it's resin printing. Uh, dragons, yeah. I don't know. I hate Etsy. <laughs> We're not going to get into that today. What are my needs as a hobbyist? Well, for me as a hobbyist, I actually need auto bed leveling. It's funny because as a business owner, I don't really care about auto bed leveling as long as it doesn't screw itself up. So if it's a hard mounted bed and we know it's perfectly tram, I don't give a damn if it levels or not. It doesn't matter to me because it is perfect and I don't need to mess with it. If you, um, like as a hobbyist, I'm not spending $5,000 on a printer. I'm not going to do that, right? Like that, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. But I, if I am, I need it to have certain things, right? People buy bamboos because they have a lot of features. It's not just because of the speed. I would argue that people buy bamboo because a lot of the value that bamboo brings in their cases is reliability. Something to, to, to note there. I really don't know what some people that comment in the chat actually say. I, I don't, it's like, dude, that's not how this works. Steve Uckerman says, I am knee deep in due diligence for our next purchase. I reviewed Sovel, Bamboo, Creality, Raise 3D, Intumsys for PAPC variants. So far, StableBot from Luke's Labs is a front runner. I've never even heard of that. Now I'm going to look it up. 
that's the other thing. There are some really, really obscure 3D printers on the market. Like, crazy obscure 3D printers that you've never heard of. So this, this is a stable core with a... Let's go with an Orbiter and a Magnum Plus with an enclosure, basically $6,000 assembled. That's a spicy meatball. But when you are looking at, you know, big stuff, PA, PC variants, yeah, spicy meatballs are where you're looking. And as Steve says, Bamboo makes great, makes a great data harvester disguised as a printer. Steve, I'm assuming you can back that up where I've had some issues because um, I can't really see. I, I don't have the best network sniffing capabilities here. If you do, please email me, youtube at 3dmusketeers.com because uh, I would really like to talk about that. Speaking of, we're going to be talking with Nero next week. Nero is going to be an awesome guest. We're going to talk about some stuff. And while, yes, hardcore 3D printers are often internet connected. In fact, uh, our big, uh, well, it's a Z Corp 650, but it's a ProJet 660 Pro. It is for sale, by the way. Uh, that thing is internet connected. When it is being used, it is required to be online. I do have Wireshark, but I am what the industry calls an end user. I know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to understand it. So yes, we have Wireshark. Uh, we run a PFSense firewall with Wireshark in it so that we can measure all traffic coming in and out of the network, uh, both on the IoT network, as well as the uh, main network that we use here, as well as the test network that I put the bamboo on, which is when we initially realized that it is sending data to places that it shouldn't. And that's where I said, I'm done taking offline because it is my requirement under ITAR that when we... Uh, suspect a bad behavior we must immediately pull it down and start understanding it and well part of that for me is understanding those log files and i've been working on the log file a lot more and when we look at the cost of these big printers my project 660 pro it is sixty nine thousand. nice five hundred dollars brand new it is eighty six thousand dollars delivered with enough materials to fill it um it is a powder printer with inkjet. Someone was asking about that earlier when we see inkjet-based printers come to the home use. I hope they never do because that machine makes so much mess. It is not even funny. And there apparently are some other competitors in this inkjet 3D printer powder-based uh, process. Um, but like that machine needs to be online. Why? I have no clue. But it's from 3D Systems. A company that is USA-based must follow USA laws and works with ITAR. So it is certified, which is great. We love that kind of thing. Uh, Hiramberg says, Prusa is the only company where I am fond of what they do with their 3D printers. I've been a Prusa fan for one year and love their live streams. And that is what has brought me to their 3D printing lives. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, dude. I agree that Prusa has done a phenomenal job, but Prusa is 10 years old and they better damn well do a phenomenal job because I'm sorry. Newer companies don't. Um, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> they, 
they want to be top dogs, but they don't have like it, it's like it's like that little chihuahua that wants to fight the pit bull. And the pit bull's like, I've taken poops bigger than you, right? It's a thing. It's a thing. From a business perspective, the warranty on that printer, the ProJet, 9000 a year. That is service and labor. 4500 is just parts. So if I want to do the work myself, I get a parts warranty, 4500 bucks, and I get all the parts that I need for free. Well, they assume you're not going to use more than $4,500 worth of parts a year, so they charge you $4,500. And sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. That's how SLAs work, um, for the most part, inside of businesses. But the thing that upset me about my service level agreement and what it looked like it was for most people with these ProJet printers is that there was no guaranteed uptime. There was no guaranteed response time. So we were paying nine grand to have a tech come out whenever and work on it. That didn't work for me as a business. So I learned how to fix the machines myself and then walked down to a parts only warranty and well had problems that would come up. So I would keep an inventory of parts on hand and then replace them as needed. It was the best method for what I needed to do. And I'm glad that we did it. A hobbyist side. I don't need an all metal hot end. I don't need it. I want it, but I don't need it. A printer can run just fine without an all-metal hot end, right? You got to make sure that you replace the PTFE on a regular basis, but, dude, that's as easy as going to your calendar and telling it to remind you once a month to change out the PTFE tube. You're done. Because as a hobbyist, I don't exactly care too much about my time. I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Like the guy that liked upgrading Enders, he enjoys doing it or they enjoy doing it, I should say. And they don't care about the time because it's fun. As a business, fun does not always equal money. And as a business, it is your primary duty to make money. We like money. And I'm sorry. Right. And Liz, Liz is the person uh, she was interviewing Sam Prentice a while back. And Sam asked her about me because she was telling him about a bunch of other people. And, she, and he's like, what do you know about Grant? She said he likes talking about money. I'm a business owner. It is part of my deal is that money is, well, part of what we do. And I talk about it often because I want to put into people's heads that your time has way more value than you think and hobbyist is fine but you can't bring a hobbyist mindset into the business world it doesn't work it just doesn't work steve uckerman hopefully i'm saying your last name right says any consumer device that encapsulates camera data along with operational status messages to an IP address located in a country that is a foreign adversary raises some red flags. Freaking preach that shit. I'm here for it. 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 Hell yeah. You should email me and we should talk. Damn it. If we haven't already been talking, I have no clue. 
And uh, who said it? Bam Mia Mia says bamboo is the new hallway. I totally agree. I totally agree. And yes, hallway is banned in the U.S. Hurenberg. It is banned from doing business in the United States. Period. Happy Exterior says, funny that DJI is banned in Florida government entities. Seems like some 3D printers may enter that ban field. Yeah, they are banned from doing business with the federal government, too. For reference. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're under... Funny. Okay. All right, if you're under an NDA and you can't talk to me, fine. I get what it is. Uh, Vishal says, what happens if Bamboo Lab gets banned? Bamboo Lab will likely get banned from government entities. Uh, I, I fully expect them to. Um, the, the report that we're putting together for, uh, for ITAR review is pretty damning. And that is be, and that is even with the little bit of information that we have. Um, we, we have some information from other users and I've got some European users that are putting in GDPR or GPDR. I forget which is the right acronym for it, but they're putting in the request to get the, uh, where everything is being sent because that is a legal requirement that Bamboo must do. We're going to be utilizing that. I've already emailed uh, Bamboo's privacy to get all the information uh, that I had talked about in a previous video. Because, well, I want to know more about it. And I think that it'll be pretty obvious. But, like, if you do business with the U.S. government, you should know that a printer that comes out of China that has internet connectivity is dangerous. You should know that you shouldn't put sensitive data on it, period. But you also need to be aware that the machine itself cannot go onto anything that has sensitive data on it. So, yeah. Uh, Spurlux says, has anyone looked at um, the any third-party open-source firmware uh, software for Bamboo? No, uh, because as far as I'm aware, they don't exist. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, I see. I see what you're getting at, Steve Ackerman. Uh, likely not possible because of the locked bootloader. Yeah, it's gonna be a locked bootloader. I mean, they don't even use regular stepper drivers. They use um, they use an H bridge configuration because the MCU that they use, which is for those that want to know, let me find the tab with it. It is a Spintrol SPC twenty eight twenty one sixty eight. So close to being nice. Um. So Spintrol 2168, which is funny because Spintrol MCUs are the same ones used in DJI drones. Hmm. And like as a business, I knew that Bamboo was a risk. I knew it was a risk from day one. It's why I wouldn't update the firmware. Because on a live stream, my network is exposed. Um, at least the streaming network is exposed. And we don't know what the printer has access to because it's all encrypted. So, um... I recommend businesses don't buy bamboo, right? And there are businesses that already have a ton of bamboos. In fact, Adam Savage just got two bamboos. And my comment on the video was, hey, like, what the heck? Um, what, 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 what's going on here? You make parts that are heavily protected. And while I recognize that you might do some hobbyist stuff too, having these things on your network is crazy dangerous. Nothing. Mia Mia said, because of you, I'm hated in 95% of 3D printing live streams about bamboo. Yeah, I don't go to them anymore uh, because everyone thinks I hate bamboo. 
I don't. Uh, I actually really like what they're doing. I think that all they have to do is remove that encryption and let us see what they're sending and how they send it for them to just be either accepted or straight up banned. And the fact they're not doing it tells me that we have a problem. Um, so instead, that spin troll MCU can both encrypt and decrypt, and we are actively looking at how we can force them into decryption, uh, because then we can figure out what's inside of it. So those of you that are in the pen testing world that want to help, you know how to reach me, YouTube at 3dmusketeers.com. But, not the topic. From a business perspective, I need that all-metal hotend, because I don't want to service it, Right? I don't want to have to remind myself once a month to undo the heat break, pull the heat break out, pull the PTFE out, cut a new piece, install it, yada, 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 yada. That's too much BS. Even if that takes 10 minutes and I've got 20 printers, that's 200 minutes that that takes me. That's over three hours that I am now spending once a month to do this. That is a lot of effort, right? That's a ton of effort. While you might enjoy it as a hobbyist, as a business, it makes no damn sense at all. No damn sense. And that's why certain printers cost more money. But it's also why I question. Like, how is the Sovol SV06 so damn good? How is it so damn good? I don't know. Because for all intents and purposes, that machine should cost way more than it does. And I think they open sourced it, which they should have done from the beginning, but I'm not going to get into that BS right now. I know that Solo was able to save a ton of money by using injection molding. Because while the molding cost upfront is very expensive, it is incredibly easy to amortize, which is, you know, take a small portion of it into every piece. If you get 100,000 shots out of a mold, that's a cheap mold. Let's go with a million shots out of a steel mold. That steel mold will cost you, let's go with $20,000 to make in China with your own in-house labor, okay? You can make a million pieces on that mold. That's like every piece has an extra penny on it to pay for the mold. Or two pennies right? It is unbelievably cheap to do injection molding. That is likely where a lot of that goes. The other bit of it is, I don't think Sobel built their own in-house boards where Prusa does. Now, they didn't for the MK3S. That uses a Rambo board, but the Rambo board is really expensive because it's open source. And while, yeah, you can probably get better rates as a distributor with a high MOQ, minimum order quantity, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. I don't know how they did it. And as a business, if I, again, had my knowledge and I could go back, I'd be buying the Sobels. Because um, they, they really are that good. And some of the people in our Discord, by the way, if you want to join, $10 tier or higher. In fact, there is a live hangout occurring right now in the Discord, although apparently nobody's in there. Sometimes you get people hanging out, other times we don't. Uh, but that, they do a live hangout when I'm streaming. And then when I'm done streaming, I come hang out for a few minutes. Then I go, because I normally don't eat lunch until after I stream. But, um, yeah, the, the Discord's a lot of fun. We do some really cool stuff. And, uh, of course, you guys get to see behind the scenes, as well as uh, 
some really cool things that are coming out. We're putting together a rate card for sponsorships because we are starting to take content creation a lot more seriously. So excited. Uh, Steve says the other issue I have with Bamboo, Chidi, Creality, etc. Printers is the planned life cycle obsolescence. These printers have a two or three year life cycle and eventually become e-waste in a short time. I am going to be evaluating a Chidi Tech X Plus 3. Um, same one that Nero got, which is cool. Uh, it is here, but I have two other videos I have to do before we do that stream. So give me a couple of weeks to get that handled. But um, it is here. We are going to be doing a live stream on it and taking a look at it because I have wondered the same thing. We have people in our Discord that have cheaties that use them often, beat the hell out of them, and they seem to run just fine. But that whole injection-molded frame style of the machine is really concerning to me. But, you know, okay. I really wanted the X Max 3 because the Plus 3 is just too small for a couple of things that I wanted to print. But fine, you know. Um, they're like, yeah, no. We don't have any more of them. Joel got one because Joel's, you know, over 10x our size love you joel uh i look forward to meeting with you and hanging out with you again at uh east coast rep rep but yeah like my z corp 650 i think is serialed from 20 2018 somewhere in that range um and it still runs like a swiss watch still runs like a swiss freaking watch and but the prusas um the oldest prusa is this one it still has one of the silver power supplies, so it's probably about four years old, I think, is where that one sits. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a thing. It's no big deal. It's great. Uh, very, very little maintenance. And yes, Spurlock, I will be at East Coast Rep Rep Festival. Amber and I will be going up there. In fact, I gotta probably got to book the flights today. I uh, get that taken care of, because I think we already booked our hotel room. Uh, fairly certain we did. I never remember the things that I do. It's like I have to put everything in anyways it's a thing um yeah we will be at east coast rep rap and uh we will be at the sanjay mortimer rep rap festival as well so uh oh liz if you're going yeah we can dance i'm down um but remember you could also leave your friends behind because if your friends don't dance they then they are no friends of mine just for reference uh, Vishal says Chidi says a lot of sells a lot of printers in the India and Middle East market. That's how it recovers the injection molding cost on the volume for the cladding. The insides are steel, laser cut sheet metal. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the kind of planned obsolescence that we have in this industry, and it's why I don't mind spending more money for printers like Prusa's, which is funny because they use freaking 3D printed parts that should viably break. They don't. They're not the nicest parts. In fact, they're kind of ugly. They're not very well printed because print farms don't always make the best parts. They're making parts fast. So, yeah, and as Joel says, his MK 2.5 still works. Amber has an MK 2.5S, uh, that still works great. It's just funny to see a Prusa that's really loud that has actual end stops. It's always weird to say that. And Ronnie says, at the Sanjay Festival, bye-bye long hair. We might end up cutting it for charity before, like, for the Blocks of Love or whatever before we leave and then do the shaving there. Haven't exactly decided that yet because I don't know of any charities in the UK that do it. And I can't travel back to the United States with hair. Uh, they will stop you for that. So I, I want to make sure that we can get the hair to a charity because I've been growing it for three years and I'd like to uh, get that to people that can use it. 
So, something new. Yeah, still working with E3D to see if this is even a possible thing. It's what I would like to do, but we'll see if, if E3D uh, will allow us to do such a thing and actually endorse it. So, not looking at that, but pay for anything, but, you know, have it be an official event. Uh, that would be really cool to see that occur. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. So as a business, right, my needs are different. As a hobbyist, my needs are different. As a, well, both. The needs have a lot of overlap. I want a reliable printer that is not going to need a ton of maintenance, that has some features, but others maybe not as necessary. As a hobbyist, I don't care too much about customer support as much as I do about price. As a business, I care way more, way more about customer service than I do price. I am willing to spend more money to get better customer service. As a hobbyist, I don't care too much about all metal or not all metal. And as a business, I need all metal. As a hobbyist, I don't necessarily care where the printer comes from and, you know, potentially maybe some, you know, somewhat sketchy data collection. As a business, that is one of the huge factors for me buying. As a hobbyist, I love having connectivity to my machines, both wireless and wired. As a business, I will never put printers on a network. The only thing I would do is have a pie for uh, Octoprint, and even then, it's not on an actual network. It's on a separate VLAN that is only accessible by a certain couple of computers here that are all air-gapped. Because there are certain precautions that I have to take that the average person doesn't as a business. And if you are looking to start a business in 3D printing, you need to take that stuff into account. And while, yes, you can get away with a reasonably decent high-end consumer network, going to a business class or enterprise class network will be more secure in the long run. Now, if all you're doing is printing out, you know, dragons and benchies and that kind of stuff, I totally understand your apprehension with spending fifteen dollars to $20,000 on networking gear because, well, it's probably not needed for you. Well, you have to look at if you're going to DIY or buy. That will be a series that we do come up. I know a lot of people do those. The first episode of the DIY or buy should be one of two things. Uh, it is either going to be a way to clean out your dryer vent. That is not going to be actual advice because I don't want to be responsible for people burning their houses down. Or it's going to be a uh, a curtain rod holder. So, yeah. There are some differences. And there are some things that set apart businesses from consumers. There are some things that separate the needs. And as I said, there are a lot of overlap. But that doesn't mean that you as a business owner should not also have a hobby-grade printer. There is a lot of value out there in having that knowledge of repairability for you. It's why I build the Prusa kits. It's a great way to remember how to take them apart. It's cathartic for me, and it's about six, six and a half hours. And while, yes, the amount of time that I spend on it is way more money than just buying a pre-assembled printer. 
the quality of life upgrades that I can do that make the maintenance time in the future drop heavily is absolutely worth it. Ducky says, by the way, hey, Ducky, says, uh, Unify networks are great for prosumers. It's like the in-between of consumer and enterprise. Spurlock says that he agrees. Unify is okay for a small business, and when you look further into their code and business practices, your cybersecurity insurance won't like it. Well, thankfully, a lot of small businesses don't require cybersecurity insurance. And if you do, you better not be running consumer-grade electronics. You better not have a Wi-Fi network with IoT devices on it. Yeah. It's it's a thing. Ronnie says, as a hobby person, the needs are lower. The wants are closer to business specs. I think that is probably the best way to describe this. As a hobbyist, you don't necessarily care about some of the things that I do as a business. But if you can get them... Why not? And while as a small business, you could look at removing some of those quality of life features. A lot of times, the things that you give up because you want a lower price, you will absolutely pay for in the long run. I think we're going to call this one a wrap. 149, episode 149, season 3, episode 45. You guys, if you have any other comments, give like... 20 30 seconds for that a lot of cool stuff coming out i have not figured out what we're doing for wednesday's video yet so i need to do that that is coming up here in a little bit like the video if you haven't subscribe if you haven't um really cool stuff coming out i'm excited um cattle farm boy says i've got an any cubic cobra plus haven't had any problems with it but i don't see many reviews about it what are some takes on it i don't have one so i couldn't tell you um i don't have I have, a, I have a used AnyCubic printer that came to us. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any contacts with AnyCubic, so have not looked at it at all. Um, Sparlick says, also, good chances you can find a network security professional willing to horse trade services. Ugh! Business people! If you find someone that is in an industry that you need, ask them to trade for services. Uh, totally worth it. Like, uh, the guy that I was talking to last night does it, is is in an industry that I need some help with, um, it's something regarding my house, and, uh, I am more than willing to trade services with him so that he can get some work for free, and then I get some stuff fixed up that is gonna be hours of my time where I am not a professional to do it. So, yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, Mad Cat's gonna go crawl back to bed for the day. Dude, feel better. He's got uh, he's got the malware right now. So everyone wish Mad Cat feeling better. And yeah, the malware's going around, guys. Stay safe out there. Don't forget to call your loved ones. And as always, keep making awesome. Season three, episode forty-five. What FDM printer is best for business and why? The answer is it depends. But I feel like you should have known that already. See you later. <laughs>